Well, morning, folks. Um, as Mike has said, we are continuing the series of uh, practicing the ways of Jesus, and we're really building on things that have been spoken about in the past weeks. Uh, Mike last week spoke about rest and the Sabbath, and the week before, silence and solitude. And I think the purposes of all this is, is recognizing that this extraordinary relationship that Jesus had with his father. You know, he even said, I, I can't even say anything without the father instructing me. That says something about the connectedness of Jesus with his father. And what we want to sort of talk about and offer you today is this idea of contemplative prayer and living a contemplative life, a connected life with God. So what we want to take you through is uh, a little introduction to what we think contemplative prayer is. Sarah will take us through some contemplative practices and then our intention is to actually do an imaginative reading of a gospel story. And we want you to enter into it and experience it. So that's our plan over the next 20 minutes or so. Now, at the outset, uh, we would want to say that we're novices at this. Um, this is in recent years, a sort of something that's come our way and we found extremely helpful. And that's why we want to offer it to you. You see, though I'm retired, I still live quite a busy life. I live a full life. And we all live busy, full lives. But we are all contending with these 21st century pressures. I'm really struck by someone just speaking out about how much face time and how little God time, and how do we restore that? Um, I, I was also quite struck, um, I think it was last week, um, as a preview to the um, Hampton Court Flower Show, um, there was a garden designer who was interviewed as to why she had designed this particular garden. It was a particularly peaceful, tranquil, green and blues type garden. And she said, well, the thing is that people are crying out for space in their lives, for tranquility. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about mindfulness, she said. And so I wanted to create a garden that was conducive to people finding rest and tranquility, and a place for people just to be. And don't we all want that? And we cry, I do, cry out for that. But um, here we are standing here, and some of you will be thinking, who on earth are these two people? Um, we actually have been members of this lovely church family for 37 years this year. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, you know, we've been greatly blessed. Um, our children have grown up here. Um, they were in Sunday school here, and my son was married here. Uh, he's now in his early 40s. 
Um, we've experienced the ups and downs of life, um, the complexities of life. You know, those questions that come our way, those situations that come our way, which we struggle for adequate answers. And, you know, we even sometimes move into that awful place of complete perplexity, that whether any answer is just woefully inadequate somehow. I mean, for me, uh, when I lost a really close friend 15 years ago to cancer, he left a distraught wife in her early 50s. And we've journeyed with that lady for these, these, you know, what do you say? How do you explain it? You can't. And so over time, we have um, come to this place of acceptance at last, God's probably saying, um, where we've accepted God is God. God is God. And that's okay. I may not understand anything or everything, but God is God. I don't know whether you saw that black comedy film some years ago. It was called Keeping Mum. And in it, um, Rowan Atkinson plays the part of a vicar. And in one of his closing sermon, he comes up with this classic line, uh, God is mysterious, live with it. And uh, it's always stuck with me. But I don't like living with mystery. You know, I much prefer to know. Um, but though God is mystery, he has revealed himself. He's revealed himself in creation, He's revealed himself supremely in Jesus. And it seems to me, it seems to us, that our job is to intentionally wake up to him as best we can. It seems to me the contemplative way of life comes into play, uh, and it can be very liberating. So I'm just going to read a passage from... Uh, Matthew 11, and I make no apologies. Mike, I think, used this verse last week, and it's come up quite a lot, I think, in this series. But this is from the message translation. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So, continuing, I just really love that um, line, the unforced rhythms of grace. And I think this, this phrase probably describes um, the, the essence of what we're trying to touch on today. Um, if I were asked to define contemplative prayer and the contemplative life, I would say it is entering the presence of God. Um, God, as we know, is always present, but unfortunately, we aren't. My mind is usually thinking ahead, preparing yet another list. Um, how hard it is to be present, to be present in the moment that will never be again. 
Contemplative prayer is really a way of being. It's about listening and awareness and noticing in the here and now. Noticing God's creation and glory all around us. But also noticing things that we easily take for granted and acknowledging those so-called little coincidences and unexpected moments where we feel really moved or something really resonates deeply within us. Or we just think, oh, that's a bit weird or how absolutely extraordinary. Noticing when someone's in pain or struggling and just being able to offer a loving touch. When somebody's celebrating and joining in. These moments are gifts, graced moments, God-given, that I, for one, certainly often don't take receipt of. I think this, um, this shift to noticing and awareness has a knock-on effect, um, and it helps us to move to a freer way of living, away from this sort of anxious reacting to, oh, I must do this, and I, you know, the reactive, to being attentive and responsive, trying to respond to the prompts. Um, and um, as St. Ignatius always said, finding God in everything. There are many wonderful contemplative and helpful practices and disciplines, um, which are just tools to assist and lead us into this way of living. And I'll just mention a few. Um, a, 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 lady, a lady said to me quite recently, um, she's a musician, and um, she was just saying how really hard it is to discipline herself to um, actually practice her, um, her musical instrument. Uh, it's, a, it's a really tough thing to make that space to practice. But when she does, she said, I just feel um, that I understand the nuances, I'm more tuned into the orchestra, and I can play my part much better. And I, I just think that that's a lov lovely metaphor, really. So um, just a few ideas, um, because we want to be practical as well as mystical. Um, and I, I know for this congregation, there are a lot of um, you know, young, young families and stretched families, and you, you sort of think, oh, I, I can't possibly find any, any time. But uh, don't, don't despair, because um, you can do this on the hoof as well, as we said, all this noticing. Um, and I think that children as well um, are, are great models for, for noticing and seeing things in fresh ways. So um, uh, don't, don't despair if, 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 if these sort of things, I wish, I wish I could spend this time. Um, so I'll just give you a few ideas. Um, Ignatius, St. Ignatius, was a great fan of the imaginative gospel reading, which we'll, go, we'll be experimenting with um, in a few minutes together. The examine is an interesting way of reflecting on your day, um, and indeed any period of time. 
and it encourages us to think about, um, reflect on our day and think about where did I sense God most in, in, in my day to day? And, and where did I feel I moved away and distanced myself? And, and this is something you can do even when you're very busy because it only takes 10 minutes um, to just stop at the end of your day and, and reflect. So um, that's a good one. And then there's the Lectio Divina, um, which is a way of reading the Bible where you you take a short passage and you read it two or three times or, or many times really and then you home in on a verse or a phrase that really resonates with you and you let God speak to you. And then going on retreats and quiet days is, is another helpful way um, uh, of uh, tuning in. Um, and here, here I'd just like to do a plug for the St. Saviour's Retreat. Unfortunately, alas, St. Cuthman's um, is closed now, uh, but we are going on a retreat this year, then 2nd, 3rd, 4th of November um, at the Greenhouse Retreat. We don't know really what, it, what it's like, but um, uh, we, may, we may do it again next year if, if it works out well. Uh, but please uh, think about um, uh, signing up because this particular retreat center um, wants our, our numbers by the end of August. So um, that's a, a real added incentive. Uh, unfortunately, though, there, there is no provision on these retreats to, for children. Um, so so that, that's a bit of a, um, a, a difficult one. But there are still quiet days and things. Um, uh, and of course, there's the discipline of silence and solitude that, that Mike spoke about. Um, and, and also, uh, the, um, uh, we, we were talking uh, about um, Sabbath and rest. Um, so all these things are wonderful contemplative practice. So, and there are just hundreds more. So, so let, let's just um, stop there. Um, and um, actually do this together um, and try a, a reflection. So, do you, do you need the list? I'll have a look at it later tomorrow. Right, okay. So Ignatius reflection and prayer um, will be quite familiar to some of you, but for some of you it's sort of quite a different way of reading a gospel story. It's essentially um, a prayer, uh, essentially praying using our imagination. Uh, this may be a bit more difficult for some than others if you're not sort of, uh, you know, you don't see things very visually and things. Um, but there are so many different ways of responding, so don't worry, just try and use your senses. Um, what do you hear? Uh, what are your reactions? What's your gut reaction? What sort of intuitive prompt can you hear? Pray as you're able, don't try to force it. Um, just rest assured that God will speak, whether it's through your memory, understanding, emotions. Just be alert to anything that sort of resonates for you. So, let's prepare um, by just stilling ourselves. Get, get comfortable. Um, perhaps close your eyes or focus on a, a picture that's coming up on the overhead, if that's going to be helpful. 
um, whatever's helpful to you. Feel your weight sinking into the chair. Be aware, of be aware of relaxing all the tense areas of your body. Notice your breathing. Try to develop a natural rhythm of breathing. Breathing in and breathing out. Breathing in, breathing out. Begin to focus on God's presence all around us. And in the center of your being, where you are most truly you. David's going to read a gospel story and I'd like you to imagine yourself, in your imagination, just place yourself in this story what might be drawing you in? After the reading, I'll take you on a short journey of your imagination, which I hope will deepen your experience. Okay, so I'm reading from Luke chapter 24, um, the story on the road to Emmaus, uh, starting from verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened, and they talked and discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who had said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further, but they urged him to stay. Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. 
When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. So imagine for a moment that you were one of these two disciples. It's a very hard place to enter into. You have experienced so much in the last few days in Jerusalem. Now you just want to get away from it all. The pain, the gut-wrenching grief, the confusion, the disappointment. What are your utmost feelings and thoughts as you embark on this seven-mile journey in the heat of the midday sun? It's good to have each other as you walk and you try to process all that you and discuss all that's happened to you. Then, as you walk, Jesus himself joins you. Of course, he's the last person you would expect to see and you don't recognize him. But perhaps you sense something familiar or different as this stranger draws alongside you. He appears to have no idea of the momentous events of the last few days in Jerusalem. So you continue along the road. You try to explain things to him. How are you experiencing this extraordinary encounter? Perhaps irritation that he's so ignorant of the situation and that he's interrupting your conversation. Or a surreal sense of something other going on here. So many different reactions are possible. What's yours? As you open up more and you tell him what you had hoped Jesus would do, what would you have hoped? Where do your disappointments lie? The stranger starts to question your thinking and understanding of the situation. It's very unsettling. You know what you saw. 
what happened. But could there be something else going on here? Something counterintuitive and quite beyond your understanding? How can you inwardly process this and try and make sense of it? You're reaching the village now. The sun is going down and it feels cooler. You're tired. What a relief to be nearly home in familiar surroundings, away from Jerusalem. But you don't want this intriguing stranger to go, so you really encourage him to stay with you, and he agrees. You prepare a simple meal, and the stranger reaches forward and breaks the bread and gives thanks, and immediately disappears. Just before he disappears, you recognize him. What a moment, that moment of recognition. Live it now in whatever way you can. It's so brief, but it changes everything. A glimpse of the reality of God. Suddenly you're on fire with new hope and energy and enthusiasm. You leave the comfort of home and you walk out into the night, into the unknown, eager to embrace the next chapter of your journey. You can't wait to tell your friends what's happened. Before coming back to the present, just pause one last time. Just linger in a place that has resonated or touched you during this reflection. Is Jesus speaking to you? So Back in St. Saviour's, I hope that hasn't been too rushed, um, but it's just a taster of a contemplative practice. And as we end, perhaps this week, we could try every now and again to stop, to breathe, to smile, and to whisper, the Lord is here. Amen.